David. No, wait. Mike. I'm David in the league. You can be David tonight. Oh, thank you. David, Jared Goff got paid roughly $20,000 per yard he passed last week. What is the most overpaid you've been in your life? Oh, God. Uh... In high school, delivering newspapers, I was making almost $1,200 a week. That is fucking overpaid, I my friend. I was way overpaid. This is the Fantasy Finish Line podcast, and we are the underpaid podcast of the fantasy football world. You're walking in the woods. There's no one around, and your phone is dead. Out of the corner of your eye, you spot him. Shia LaBeouf. He's following you, about 30 feet back. He gets down on all fours and breaks into a sprint. He's gaining on you. Shia LaBeouf. You're looking for your car, but you're all turned around. He's almost upon you now, and you can see there's blood on his face. My God, there's blood everywhere. Running for your life from Shia LaBeouf. He's brandishing a knife. It's Shia LaBeouf. Lurking in the shadows. Oh, everyone needs to learn the amazingness of this song. Anyways, this is the Fantasy Finish Line Drink 5 podcast on the Drink 5 Podcast Network. Pardon us, we've, uh, we're well lubricated this evening. Um, joining me occasionally is Mike Masserino. Uh Mike, I always butcher your last name. Please give it to me right. That's Masserino. You do good. Okay, You know good. me. You got it. I, you know, I, I was uh, saying that before. Anyways, uh, Dave is off tonight. He is in a better place than the rest of us. But don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> He'll be back next week. Shia LaBeouf didn't get him. <laughs> Shia LaBeouf has not got him yet. <laughs> uh, so we're going to talk about some week six stuff tonight. We are going to uh, hail the Lizard King in a little bit. Uh, or should I say Lazard King? Lazard, and, um, I, I think. Lazard King? Well, we yeah. need to bend it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, we do. Uh, but first, Mike, I, I have to know, what is this amazing beer that we have in front of us? Uh, this is from Pollyanna, which happens to be just 10 minutes down the road from here, and I learned you've never been to. The place that we went to get lubricated a- earlier. Absolutely, and this is Berry Superstitious. And uh, it's a boysenberry double dry hopped IPA. It's, it's phenomenal. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, it doesn't it doesn't taste like super hoppy, but it's got it there. And most of the beers like this that I drink are a sour, mm-hmm. so this isn't sour at all. It is pretty phenomenal, though. No, it's a I guess it's a collaboration brew with Orange and Brew, which I've never heard of them. I don't know where they're from or what their deal is, but cheers, it's very good beer. Cheers to them. All right. Now it's dark, and you seem to have lost him, but you're hopelessly lost yourself, stranded with a murderer. You creep silently through the underbrush. All right, we will find that again later. I don't know that there's a theme tonight, um, but you know what? Go ahead and let us know what you think the theme is to the music, and we'll see if we can send you a prize or not. Yeah, there's We'll give it a try. So we'll we'll start out with some blurbs and some trends that have been going on in the league. Um, So I have been keeping, Dave and I have been keeping track of QBs with high floors, Mike. Um, So unfortunately, the man, the stash, the legend, Mr. Gardner Minshew II, dropped off last week. Um, 
if my numbers are correct, he had only about five points. It was a rough go against New Orleans, right? It was, and we watched a lot of that game as big Gardner Minshew fans uh, we are. Yeah. Uh, and it, it was a little disappointing, but I still think he's rock solid. I uh, like him. You know, it was, a, it, it was an odd game. It was low scoring. Uh, it was defensive, you know, just showdown there. I'm a big fan. Yeah. Uh, so I think that uh, if you've listened to the podcast over the years, you know that our favorite Jaguar for sure, if not player, period, is Cecil Shorts. And I got to say, Gardner Minshew has given him a run for his money. He is, but it's still not close. It's not, not close not yet. yet. We, we haven't named anything yes. after Gardner Minshew yet. Not yet. But I think that that might be coming if he plays a couple years. It could. Easily. Maybe even this year. I mean, maybe one whole year. If if we know that he's playing instead of Nick Foles, yes. that's moving him up at least another tier on the Absolutely. list. Absolutely. Or if he keeps growing his mustache and just doesn't trim or He'll definitely pass Giovanni Bernard. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so anyways, back to the quarterbacks that are, have very high floors this year. We've only got Patrick Mahomes and Kyler Murray left. Uh, they're in the 16 plus point club, but we have to give an honorable mention to Matt Ryan. His low this year is only 15.68. He's been doing really well. He keeps having incredible games and doing things we've never seen in the NFL, like throwing for over 350 yards and four touchdowns, not throwing an interception and losing the game. Yeah. So unreal. what the hell's wrong with the Falcons? Is it just defense, you think? I really don't know what it is. Uh, they just – it's a dumpster fire. Uh, you're grateful for some of the players on the offense, but if you're looking at Julio Jones, you're disappointed. If you have anyone on the offense not named Matt Ryan or Austin Hooper, I think you might be a little disappointed. I think you're – I think you're really – I think it's more than that. Uh, not not on the disappointed side, but it, it's it's fine. From a fantasy aspect, I think the Falcons are doing fine. Um, you've got Matt Ryan, I think is the QB four on the year. Um, and then you've got Austin Hooper, the number one tight end. Yep. Uh, and then Julio Jones is not doing bad. He's still a top 10 guy. And if you drop draft a guy that early, you hope that he's top 10. So he is three, six, nine. He's number nine. He's right above scary Terry in standard scoring. In fact, he's tied with scary Terry. In standard scoring. Yeah, but what and Julio's I, not having the touchdown drought that he had at the beginning of last year. No, I feel you. But what I like to look at, especially with one of those top picks, is really consistency. And Julio, his last three weeks, last week he had 10.8, the standard scoring. He had 4.2, 5.3. So Look, out of uh, my wide receiver one, I can't have weeks where he's getting... Four point two zero. Unless you've got Chris Godwin, you're not. <laughs> no, but it, it, it's a little bit everywhere. Um, but still, I mean, DJ Chark. Has Look, been don't more worry. Consistent. Julio will light it up. Yeah, he will. If I, you catch my drift, I, I do, and I, I'm glad you got my reference. But uh, you know, actually looking at DJ Shark, that's not a good example. Uh, you're right because he's really up and down too. He's got a couple of weeks four four and four three. Yep. Um, you know, but. Like I was saying, Chris Godwin's the only guy, and he has won four-point games still. So you're never going to get a wide receiver that performs as consistently as, like, a running back. Yes. I, I mean, you're not pissed Especially at Julio in standard Jones, scoring. but you're you're not happy with the production by any means. I, I, I drafted Julio. I paid a lot for him in an auction league, and I'm just fine with it. Okay. I got to say, I, I'm, I'm not unhappy with it. If you look at the top ten guys... Michael Thomas and Julio Jones are the only two guys in the top 10 of scoring through six weeks that really uh, were drafted drafted as top 10 guys. I guess Mike Evans would be in there too. Mike Evans was drafted as a top 10 guy, even if it's the backside of the top 10. And even when you compare for like average 
uh, points per game. You know, you got to cross out guys like Deshaun Jackson and John Ross who don't belong there. Antonio Brown, um, you know, Kenny Galladay and Julio Jones are like right next to each other. Yeah. So you really, as far as top ten guys go, he landed in the top ten. I, I got to be okay with that. The whole secret to fantasy football to me is picking up the right guys late. Yes. You know, when you pick up the right players late in a draft uh, who wind up finding their way to the top 10, that's good. Obviously, you can't waste your early picks, but as long as your early picks are guys who you can still start halfway through the year, then, you know, more power to you. Because anybody who drafted Baker Mayfield in any league, or especially in a super flex league, is really disappointed because... I know in my super flex league, I had to take him in like the second round, yep. and he's not even starting. Nope. I've been starting Jacoby Brissett, who I was like, I'll take a flyer on Jacoby Brissett because Andrew Luck just retired. He's been an animal. Oh, it's been great to see. Yeah, but you know, back to the Falcons. Uh, you know, obviously Julio Jones a lock. You're starting Devonta Freeman, but you're not too confident in that. Uh, Calvin Ridley. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of Freeman, but at the same time, he played really well last week, so he's got some value still. Calvin Ridley has been doing all right. I mean, he's put up 10.8, 14.8. Then there was a 3.2. There was a point six. Yeah, um, those you know, are... Sanu's, and I want to pull up his numbers before I talk out of my butt here, but I feel like especially the last couple weeks, Sanu's been getting targeted a lot. So he's got 37 points on the season. Um, last week he had 2.9 when four targets. Uh, 10.3 the week before. It was his only touchdown of the year. That's his only double-digit game of the year as well. But in week four, he had 12 targets. I think that was the game that Matt Ryan threw for like a bazillion yards. Uh, So that helps. But as a third receiver, I... I would consider Calvin Ridley the third receiver on yes. that team because you've got Austin Hooper and Julio Jones yep. basically neck and neck for how many targets they're getting. And that, that may be the thing where like you weren't expecting that with Julio. You weren't expecting the tight end to be that good unless you listen to our podcast in the preseason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, I will own the uh, Austin Hooper um, projection this year. I didn't think he'd be the best, and I don't think he will finish as the best, but right now he is, and that's a good feeling. He might, you know, contract year. Everyone always talks about that. I think he's 24 years old. You know, he's maybe he'll get renewed like Darren Waller just got some new paper. He did. He got paid. Good on the Oakland Raiders. 2023, his contract goes through now. Yeah, and the thing is, you know, they could have franchise tagged him, but they paid the man. There's probably someone else they want to screw over with the franchise tag. So, uh, trends, guys, trends. So, we always like to look at trends. Trends to us are. Three weeks in a row at least, up or down, or maybe receptions or targets over that time period. Uh, occasionally, the uh, point total doesn't quite match up because of a fluky thing, but I think today we're okay. Uh, anyways, Kirk Cousins trending up big time. Yeah. Uh, he was called out by his teammates, and he didn't even reach the 15.4 point mark in his first four games. Here's his last three games. Week four at Chicago, he had 7.3. Week five, there was a buy. Oh, no, never mind. Week five at New York, 20.5. And week six uh, versus Philadelphia, they were in Minnesota for that game, 28-plus points. So he's gone over 300 yards the last two games, six touchdowns, only one pick. Um, I think that Cousins has turned the corner, and they're more balanced on offense. Um, they you- are, you know, and, and for me, I mean, the first – Three, four weeks, they pounded the ball, and they made a statement that way. The last two yeah. weeks has been Cousins, you know. They haven't relied on that running game that they they've did. Been, the, no, no, I they, think they've they been running have. it a they, lot. They've complemented it, but, I mean, they're not running it a lot. If They, they are, though. Uh, um, so I'll, get the, I'll get the numbers for you in a moment. Let's hear the numbers. But what I want to know is, do you think that coming soon, 
uh, is going to be um, like more of the ground and pound games from the Vikings, where they you know let the passing go to the back seat. I think it's going to be very matchup dependent and how the game flow is going. Um, you know, against the Giants, uh, Delvin Cook still had 21 rushing attempts for 132 yards. Yeah, so Vikings ran the ball 35 times last week uh, and only threw the ball 29 times. So obviously the passing game yeah. was playing very well. That's because the Philadelphia Eagles have a dumpster fire of a secondary, and we'll get to them uh, later on in the show, but... Um, I think that w- one of the things that I pointed out this week in my column, statistically insignificant, is that um, you know a lot of balance in uh, on on an offense is really going to be like the thing that you want to see because you want you look at a team like Houston this week they ran the ball as much as they threw the ball and you look at Kansas City their opponent they threw the ball three times more than they ran the ball and then it's just you're not going to win a game. Uh, unless you have a magical offense. And they have a magical offense. They still couldn't quite pull it off. Yeah. They were close, but they couldn't pull it off. Um, so um, they've got games, the Vikings do, um, You know, coming up at Detroit versus Washington and at Kansas City. I think Cousins looks like a good streaming option because those are all mostly soft opponents. Yeah, I mean, even, Detroit, not super soft, but certainly Washington and Kansas City. Yeah, it's at Detroit in the Dome. Um, you know, Washington, Kansas City, Dallas after that is arguably still a pretty good matchup. Oh, nice. Um, you know, so, yeah. And that, that takes you deep into the fantasy regular season. Oh, it, it, he's, it, I think Kirk Cousins, but still, you know, I wouldn't, you know, you got to Baker, if you drafted Baker Mayfield or somebody around that level absolutely you should be looking at cousins as a streaming option in weeks to come but you can't look at these past two weeks and you chase those points because there's still that possibility that you know it's going to be a 60 40 run split and he's not going to hit three bombs to stefan diggs uh you know so those <laughs> so those numbers, that is unlikely to happen again those numbers could come down so just have realistic expectations i think he is a good streaming option but Based on previous performance, even this year, you know, there, there's still that possibility he could have a week where he throws for 225 yards and no touchdowns. Yep. Which economists say is statistically insignificant. So economists do read my column, and you should too. Uh, so from my column this week, uh, we learned that Jared Goff had a whopping 78 passing yards on Sunday. 70 freaking 8. So that equates to, based on his average salary for this year, $20,833 per yard gained through the air. So, you know, you had a good paper route, but it's nothing compared to Jared Goff. Nowhere near (laughs) Jared Goff. So the Rams had a particularly bad game, and it was because the Niners, an undefeated team, are actually pretty freaking good. Um so the fact that they gained all their yards on the ground in the first drive is kind of a bad omen for the rest of the way that the game was going to go for the Rams. I think they you know, should have realized balance is the key in football. Um, so it's hard to tell where this team's fantasy potential is headed. I have a prediction, at least uh, short term, that we will touch on later. But um, you know what we know is that the offense was a juggernaut last year, and now they've scored it. And in this year, still, they've scored at least 27 points in four of the six games. Uh, then again, you have Jared Goff. He's thrown more picks than touchdowns in the last four weeks. He's had some tough opponents. Um, 
Do you have Jared God- Goff up by, by any chance? I do. So the last, what were his last four opponents? Uh, last four opponents, San Francisco, Seattle, Tampa Bay, and Cleveland. And uh, So you know, Tampa Bay, that was a tough game for them. Um, it was 55-40. to 40. I know. Like, they were getting their asses beaten that game. Yeah, they were. He's had good fantasy performances, obviously looking at most of so it's not the it's not the toughest schedule that no. you can have that's for sure no and then coming up you know it's Atlanta sweet yep. uh, Cincinnati sweet yep uh, bye week sweet then hey yeah, sweet <laughs> then you got the Steelers and Chicago Bears and so Baltimore not, not so sweet not so sweet so aside from this week I would say the Rams are putting up decent fantasy points with their main guys and then occasionally Gerald Everett will have way too many points so I wouldn't ditch him yet. Um, but I would consider, um, on the other side, who I'm starting against the 49ers. When you're in matchup dependent dependent situations, the 49ers are going to be a no go in a lot of situ- in a lot of times now. Like they, you know, they've shut down bad teams, and now they've shut down the good teams. They have looked good, and yeah. you know, the first three weeks they played, it, and I'd argue the Steelers should have beat them. Um, but you know, it was a somewhat cupcake first couple weeks, but that was, you know, what I felt was one of their first true tests was against the Rams division opponent. They're fighting for that, you know, early divisional battle and man, they showed up They're That's a tough, tough defense to match up against. Yeah. So one more from statistically insignificant, the chiefs, they haven't won a lot in the last weeks, but Patrick Mahomes is still doing incredible things. So would you believe me if I told you that on the first drive of the game, he threw for 116 passing yards. How is that possible? It is possible, sir, through penalties. Through lots and lots of penalties, which is the theme of the week, really. Yeah. If I would have thought ahead, like that would be my theme of the week. It's just like penalties and flags and shit like that. What's the first song you would have played thinking of penalties? Uh, I would play Wave That Flag by the Grateful Dead. There or no, I, U.S. Blues, which has the line Wave That Flag All right. uh, by the Grateful Dead. Um, but that's the first thing that comes yeah, to mind anyway. Listen for it to weeks to come because I feel like this whole season. I think it's has a theme been, that I can save for it, later. It is. Yeah. Kind of like your quarterback. Jason's in a league where he's changing his name every week to an injured quarterback. Well, and not just an injured. Now it's, it's got it. The criteria is now a quarterback that's not playing anymore. Yes. Because I went with Eli Manning this week. Yeah. And I told you, I was like, yeah, there's going to be more. Uh, you can wait on this. And there's certain players you can wait on. Right. But I'm not leaving my name Ben Roethlisberger for more than one week. No, absolutely not. <laughs> I got Cam Newton in his stupid hats in there. <laughs> that was pretty lucky for me. Um, and it all started off with Nick Foles. So. Tip of the cap to Gardner Minshew and Nick Foles for that one. Cheers. Um, so anyways, the, we talked about the Chiefs a little bit earlier, but yeah, they had 116 passing yards in one drive because of penalties. Because uh, they started on like the eight-yard line, so they were already going to gain a lot. Um, and they only wound up getting another 157 yards through the air for the remainder of the game. And it, I feel like part of it is because they're not balanced, because they're all, they only had the ball for 20 minutes, and the uh, Texans had the ball for 40 minutes. So... That's a huge problem and something that I think that Andy Reid can quickly remedy, especially since they're playing on Thursday night, they're playing against the Broncos. Sometimes for good teams, the best thing to do is to play on a short week so that you can just forget about what you just did and only focus on what's coming up and beat the crap out of a bad team. And that's exactly what I expect the Chiefs to to do this week. We'll see. Uh, so the week before, they only had 23 minutes in time of possession. Um, so the Chiefs only ran the ball 11 times, and they were never down very much. So it's not like they were in passing-only situations. So the Texans ran the ball 41 times. They passed the ball 42 times. They have 
a very impressive uh, offense going right now. Unfortunately, it doesn't seem to involve DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, it's odd. I've noticed that as a DeAndre Hopkins owner, uh, he's only been in double digits the first game of the year. Yeah, but uh, and I want to pull him up right so now. So I got him here. Uh, yeah, twenty three ten the first game of the year, and then no higher than eight point eight. But the thing I want to pay attention to with him, and the reason is, if you're a Hopkins owner, don't panic yet. Is targets? So he had twelve targets, nine receptions. 55 yards, and a two-point conversion last week. Nice. I'll take that. I mean, it is only seven and a half in a fantasy in a um, standard league, but you're looking at 16 in uh, PPR. So, you know, PPR leagues, which uh, uh, feel like you're cheating in terms of getting points, but are infinitely better than standard leagues. <laughs> I agree. I agree. You know, it's, it's, you know, kind of a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. Yeah, but I mean, with with going back to his targets, he had 12 last week, he had 8 the week before that, he had 8 the week before that, 7 the week before that, 8 the week before that. Those are all single-digit weeks. I don't expect it to continue where the lack of touchdowns, he had two touchdowns week one, he hasn't had a touchdown since. I don't expect that to continue. Touchdowns, I feel, are a stat that comes back to you. Yes. You know, targets and stuff, you may really find the trends. Touchdowns don't trend one way or the other. Yeah. If you haven't been scoring them and you traditionally do, you they will come back to you. If you blow up and score a lot of them when you normally don't, like a Will Fuller, then it's not something that's likely to continue. No, ab- absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, maybe he just has to speak up and get a little Stefan Diggs treatment or something going over there, but he's got to gotta see some more touchdowns out of uh, Hopkins. Yeah. Aha. In the distance, a small cottage with a light on. Hope. You move stealthily toward it. But your leg, ah, it's caught in a bear trap. Quiet, quiet. Living to the cottage. Quiet, quiet. Now you're on the door. Oh, Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf. So, back to the trends here. We've got Austin Eckler moving on to the running backs. Um, he was winning weeks for you single-handedly. You drafted Austin Eckler in a league, Mike. I've got him in a bunch of leagues. Is he, was he the top performer on your team like most weeks? Oh, yeah. He's amazing. But you got to move on now. Um, the reason I have Austin Eckler is because I drafted Melvin Gordon in a lot of, week, uh, in a lot of leagues. So okay. I have both. That puts you in quite the predicament right now. Um, you know, kind of leading to the question I think you're going to get to, um, you know, with with Austin Eckler. Well, I, I'm going to ask a question first okay. that you may not have anticipated. Maybe not. But you'll know the answer to it because how did, you, how did you decide or what did you go with in the last couple weeks? Because Melvin Gordon came back in week five. So did you start both of them? Did you pick one of them over the other? It was both. You started both of them? Yes. What about last week? Both. Same? Okay. Now, going forward, he's got games at Tennessee, at Chicago, versus Green Bay at home. Is that is that uh, like something that you would want to share against? So Tennessee has a good running defense. Chicago has had a great defense, but they just lost Akeem Hicks, who is probably the second best player on the defense right now. Um, and then Green Bay, we know, has a very solid uh, defense. So are you going to shy away from maybe Eckler? Yeah, I am. I'm... I'm- I think they're going to start getting Melvin Gordon more involved. I, I look at it a lot like Zeke. When Zeke first came back, and as an owner of Zeke in a couple of leagues as well, those yeah. first couple of weeks, it was it's get, a little rough. getting the groove going. And I, I think Eckler is still going to be viable, and we've seen that last year. I agree. That, that both of them, 
you're able to play, especially in PPR. If you're in PPR, you know, Eckler's going to see. PPR is huge. I don't have the numbers in front of me. So but here, let me, let me throw a few numbers at you. Targets. So week four at Miami, he mm-hmm. had uh, 24 points. Week five versus Denver, only 7.3, which is going to be surprising in a minute. Uh, and then week six versus Pittsburgh, he only had 2.8 points. So his touches have gone from 23 to 18 to 8. So in week five, he had 18 touches. 15 of them were receptions. Mind you, we're giving you points in standard scoring here, uh, so that's why his total was so low. But 15 catches and 7.3 points is not something that you ever expect to see out of anybody. Um, So, uh, you know, with Austin Eckler, we know that he's going to be involved in the passing game. um, But I wonder if he has nearly as much fantasy value as he had a couple weeks ago uh, going forward. So is he an RB2 flex at best? Yeah, I think exactly there, barring injury. Um, You know, it's a last year with Melvin Gordon, barring a trade or anything else. Uh, You know, if you're in a keeper league, Eckler could be great next year. Uh, He's proven what he can do, but I really feel like uh, they're going to run Melvin Gordon into the ground here very shortly. They're and I gonna, think it's going to work for them. Speaking I, I to do. like the slow start guys, anybody who's paid attention to Le'Veon Bell uh, in 2016 or 2017 who drafted him knows that, well, he skipped camp, and he didn't really start performing until week three or four or three or four weeks after he came back because I think he was suspended for a couple games one of those years or held out. I, I don't remember uh, all of it. I just know that he didn't play in 2018. Uh, but anyways, you know that these superstars, they take a few weeks to get going. It's like a fucking freight train. It is. They're slow to get going, and then they just barrel over everybody, and that's great. Yeah, and I mean, last week he had eight rushing attempts right. against Pittsburgh. Eight rushing attempts. And he was quoted saying, you know, he needs to get the ball more to get rolling. What kind of momentum are you going to build off eight attempts? I expect that to change against Tennessee and what's likely to be a pretty low-scoring, ugly... You know, for a lack of better terms, poo-poo game. Uh, it's going to be an ugly game. <laughs> <laughs> now that now that I think about it, it's probably going to be. But that may be good for a running back. Ab- absolutely, those games I think are great for running backs because we're going to see a lot of rushing attempts. And I think Melvin Gordon's still that superstar who hasn't done anything yet. Uh, I think it's not coming. this year, but he's done a lot it's, in the past. Oh, absolutely, and it's coming. I look you know. forward to it. Yeah, so Saquon Barkley uh, is going to return soon, probably like this week. Um, so Jesus. it's as fast as I've ever seen from a high ankle sprain. He missed, I think, three games. I show three games with zero points anyways. He may not have technically missed that first game. Uh, it, was it the Washington game where he got hurt? Because he has no carries, so he must have not gotten hurt that week. It's, no, because the week before he had 8 for 10. Yeah. So that this was is it. three games that he's missed. It's unbelievable. Uh, he's, he's just not human. And they're, the way yeah. they're talking this up is, you know, like he just he, he turned it up another level. And he's a, I think his lineman said he's a caged animal. <laughs> I saw that. And uh, he's going to be 10 times better, and he doesn't know what that means, but it's it's scary. So, are you going to be starting him right yes. away? Yes. Yeah. If he's playing, you're you're putting him in. Okay. I mean, I I, I don't think I could make the uh, any other decision than that. I don't own him in any league, so it's not up to me. Um, but I, I think you got to start him. So they play the Cardinals this week, and um, awesome. Yeah. He is going to tear them apart if he plays. Yeah. And so, I'd also be really excited for Evan Ingram if we're talking about another poo poo matchup. Evan Ingram. Well, the Cardinals. Yeah, they give up. An absurd amount of points to the tight end. So Evan Ingram is the guy there, and if he plays, great. But you were probably already going to start him. 
because he he has been one of the top five tight ends this year. Yeah, he's he's been great. It's just it, it's a juicy matchup. He was hurt last week. He was out. It looks like he's going to play this week, just like Evan Ingram. So they've got Garrett Dickerson and Rhett Ellison, and I believe Rhett Ellison is the guy who plays a little bit more when Evan Ingram's out. Um, so if you need to stream this week and Evan Ingram is not playing, then that is an option. Let me see the box score from the Giants game last week. Dawson Knox. Um, I see Rhett Ellison, seven targets. That's nice. Yeah, and you can get seven targets out of your tight end, great. But, you know, Evan Ingram's going to be in. Sure. He's, if Evan, should and be. he's been practicing, so he Barring should Barring anything unforeseen. Uh, at this point, yeah, that's probably a fair assessment. But it would be fun to see the Giants, uh, you know, with Saquon Barkley back and Evan Ingram. And if there's any excitements for Giants fans out there, you know, it's it's this week. Yeah, definitely. You've got Danny Dimes. You've got a somewhat healthy team that might be able to play some football. Yep. So we saw Jamal Williams return for Green Bay. He dominated the backfield, uh, which was kind of surprising, at least to me, because Aaron Jones was so good last week in Dallas. Now, Aaron Jones, or two weeks ago, um, Aaron Jones did have a fumble, and it was kind of a bad one, and he had a bad drop of essentially what would have been a touchdown. Uh, so perhaps that's why they kind of let him ride the bench a little. Um, so I'm wondering, do you think it was just a one-game thing, or is this a full-blown committee like they always do in frustrate every fantasy owner it's a committee the head coach has said it um you know and he's proven it when williams has been healthy so i expect a committee but aaron jones is still that running back two, running back one upside you know type of guy i think uh you know when jamal williams is more you know running back three uh, running back two upside on any given week. But if I was a betting man, uh, if they do split, I think, you know, 55, 60% is going to be Aaron Jones. That would uh, make sense. To and, me. you know, vice versa with Jamal Williams. And I'd, I'd bet my money Aaron Jones is going to be the better back. Uh, that's, that's normally how I would lean. But, you know, last week's game script showed you that it could be completely different. Yeah. Well, he fumbled. Uh, early and then he dropped that touchdown. Yeah, well, and then in so, a game where everybody was dropping stuff and Aaron Rodgers is getting pissed and they're pulling out uh, the yeah. Lazard King. I guess so. If you look at it this way, uh, targets plus attempts, rushing attempts. Jamal Williams nineteen, Aaron Jones eighteen. So uh, you know, Aaron Jones was just less productive in that game. Yep. So even with the fumble lost, not necessarily uh, a reason why he got less f- or fewer touches. Sorry, Stannis. Anyways, uh, don't look now, but the Texans are good. They're really good. I think they're the second best team in the AFC. Uh, they, to me, by beating the Chiefs, have passed the Chiefs. Because if you don't rank things that way, then what are you doing, really? Um, so Carlos Hyde kind of quietly been a really big part of their trend uh, towards greatness, almost. Uh, so week four versus Carolina, he had 6.4 points. Week five against Atlanta, 12 points. Week six at Kansas City, 17 points. So he's not blowing the top off of anything, but he's playing solid uh, ball. Uh, Carlos, I can spell that right, I promise. Uh, he's been playing all right, but his carries have gone up. 12, then 21, then 26 last week. Um, so he's not really an every down back. I've seen a lot of Duke Johnson, a lot of third down Duke Johnson stuff. Um, but now Carlos Hyde, like he's got to be like a solid RB two. You, you're starting him over Austin Eckler at this point, right? 
Yeah, I, would. I think that makes sense. He's going to be getting a lot more work than Austin Eckler. Yeah, I would. What are the maybe a PPR league? You still start Eckler for a week or two? Maybe. Uh, what are the matchups this week? Do you see Houston's playing Indy? Uh, yeah, Houston goes to Indy this week. Then they play Oakland the week after, and they go to Jacksonville after that. Um, I'm not in love with those matchups, and I don't think they're they're, they're all middle of the road matchups in my opinion. He's not tough, not great. Um, are you, do you like him more or less than any one of those? Uh, you know, that's a tough one. Uh, in a PPR league, I think I'd go Eckler in a standard league. I'd go Hyde. So Carlos Hyde was dropped by Kansas city during the preseason, right? And And he he was picked up after the Lamar Miller, uh, tear, uh, while we were down in Louisville. Uh, so <laughs> I remember being at the bar, seeing all that news, Help. Lamar Miller, ACL tear, Andrew Luck retire. That's like the busiest preseason day in history. Like, are you kidding me? Just drunk off whiskey in Louisville. Right. Just all wanting to figure out what exactly was going on. We weren't the only ones breaking things that day. No, we weren't. <laughs> well, I, I guess we were, or I was. <laughs> Uh, so back to Carlos Hyde. Is he a legit RB two, or is he a product of the system? And you're kind of iffy on him. Carlos Hyde is a synonym for Lamar Miller at this point for me. So if you played fantasy football for a while, you understand Lamar Miller. It's not a sexy pick by any means, but yeah. he's that he's that running back too, where he's he's fairly consistent. He's a product of the system. That's that's Carlos Hyde, and that's what you're going to get out of him. I see him as someone who's unlikely to get to 20 points and equally unlikely to have, like, four points. Yeah. I was going to say, like, less than five, which is four points. That, yeah, I'd that say, is true. You know, you're going to get five to, like, 16 points out of Carlos Hyde. Yeah. And a lot of weeks, that's good. High floor, low ceiling. Especially these bye weeks where sometimes just a plug for – uh, Tevin Coleman or something like that. Yeah. You just need, you know, just give me seven points, motherfucker. Oh, I meant to like get write me down there. the bye weeks. Week seven buys in the NFL. Uh, so who do we have on bye this week? Who do you know off the top of your head is on bye? Uh, you always know that one team's on bye, right? I know the Steelers are on bye. Yeah, there you go. Uh-huh. Along with the Carolina Panthers, the Cleveland Browns, yep. and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's a big bye week. I mean, Mike Evans, So it's usually Chris the Godwin. team coming back from... Oh, London. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big fantasy bye week this week. So a yeah, lot of Christian teams, McCaffrey is gone. Yeah, there's, Odell. There's a lot of teams that are hurting. Let me ask you about this trade I made earlier. All right. Full PPR league. Um, I gave up George Kittle for Odell Beckham Jr. I'd rather have Odell. Okay. I, I mean, also George, have. Who's I, your other tight end? In that league, I had Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, and Austin Hooper. Yeah, you're a maniac. I was a First tight end off, maniac in that league. Yeah. <laughs> Second off, no, great value. Good trade. I, I like it. It's actually Especially a trade I had been I had been offering all year long. And finally, finally, after George Kittle had a good game, it it was like time to make it real. You traded George Kittle and you're still gonna start two tight ends every week. That's true. Yeah. I he, Austin Hooper is still the best tight end to start. Yes. Over like any wide receiver or anything I have on the bench. And I think Odell takes the place of like Mike Williams or someone yep. who was like d- no, great, fine on the bench. Great trade. Just fine. Great trade. Yep. Big fan of that. Oh, 
Oh, there's a lot of tension there. Oh, we'll find out what happens soon. What is going to happen? But we have to go to the wide receivers first. All right. Okay, so Demarcus Robinson briefly looked like the next big fantasy player for the Chiefs, um, but he's been super flat after his big premiere week two and a solid follow-up in week three. But since then, week four at Detroit, three and a half points. And you know where this is going if we start that low. Oh, uh, week five versus Indy, 3.1. Week six versus Houston, 0.0. He had four targets last week. They were all deep targets. Sometimes it's going to happen when you're a boomer bust guy, but there's been a lot of bust with him lately. So over that time, he goes from a season high of nine targets to six and then four. He had nine targets. He had 3.5 points. That's rough, especially when your quarterback is Patrick friggin' Mahomes. PPR at 7.5. I mean, nine targets. If Tyreek uh, Hill gets nine targets, he's catching five of those. Yeah, absolutely. And he's going to have 200 yards. So Tyreek Hill's back. Uh, you know, everybody else... You've got uh, Lizard Man. He's hurt again. Um, he, not to be confused with the Lizard King. With the Lazard King. Lazard King. Lazard King. Lazarino? <laughs> uh, but these other wide receivers, you know, I think we're going to see a little bit more Travis Kelsey, uh, you know, because Tyreek has just taken the top off of defenses. We're going to see a lot more of the Chiefs from last year. Yeah. And, you know, who's going to be that other guy? You know, is it going to be Demarcus Robinson? Is it going to be... Damian Williams. Damian Williams. Oh, he barely touched the ball last week. Is it going to be LaShawn McCoy? Is it going to be Daryl? Is it going to be, yeah, you know, there's a lot of things going on. It's going to be Pringle. Yeah, maybe it's Pringle. It might even be Pringle, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm betting McCole Hardman. So this uh, week, they have a short week. Really? I like McCole Hardman. I always liked him over Robinson, and all the haters were like, ah, it was Robinson how long. Yeah. But, you know, he sucked, and McCole hasn't done anything special either. So this is going to be a thing that gets judged over the entire year. It will. We'll see. Uh, coming up, they play Denver, which I mentioned earlier. Then they're home against Green Bay uh, and Minnesota. So they go to Denver, I believe, uh, and it's a Thursday night game. But I don't, you know, I, I'm not really worried. I think the thin air is just going to make him throw the ball farther. Oh, man, he's going to be throwing bombs to Tyreek Hill. Yeah. So the one thing about Robinson is that he's still in on a lot of snaps. Last week, he was in for 86% of the snaps, and that was his lowest total since week one before he had been properly implemented into the offense. So I think that he'll probably still play because uh, the lizard man is out, Mr. Sammy Watkins. Uh, So do you think Robinson can bounce back? Uh, Do you target someone else on the Chiefs instead? Well, I I think he'll bounce back from zero points. Uh, likely, th- very likely. I think he'll score <laughs> a, a, a few points. He's never going to score another point in the NFL. You know, it's I'm not dependent on him. Uh, there's way better options out there. I, even on the same uh, team, I'd rather start McCoy, and I think I'd probably rather take a roll the dice with Pringle than Robinson. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I I, I think there's better guys out there on other teams probably. Absolutely, on wire. absolutely. That have a shot of, you know, these guys scare me if they don't, you know, looking at, once again, uh, past performance, last three games, 0, 3.1, 3.5. Like, I mean, that's that's unacceptable. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know if it's going to be Pringle. And I, at this point, once again, it's a big bye week time. So, for me, I'm not looking for a guy that can get me, you know, three points or maybe 20 points. I'm looking for somebody that is a good fill-in that I'm pretty confident he's going to get maybe nine to ten or eight points, something like that, uh, and a chance at a touchdown. Give me that over 
over these guys. All right. So uh, Brandon Cooks, he's been the worst off of the big three receivers in, on the Rams. Uh, week four, he played Tampa Bay, 7.1 points. Week five at Seattle, only 5.6. And week six versus San Francisco, only 3.2 points in standard scoring, which I believe was all on one catch. Um, so he has only 10 catches in the last three weeks. Uh, or not, he had like three last week, whatever. It, it was not a good performance regardless. Um, oh, I think he fumbled, right? Uh, or did they call that, like the catch where he got hurt. Was it a real catch? Was, was it a proper catch? I don't remember. That was later in the day. I remember it. Yeah. Like, I remember I don't remember, it. but I remember the play. <laughs> I don't remember what went down. I don't remember the outcome. You know, occasionally when you watch Red Zone Channel all day, granted, you can't watch it quite as closely, but you get a much broader view of the, you know, it's like sitting a, a mile high instead of right on the sideline. It's nice. Yeah. Uh, you get all the big action, the big plays, but it's hard to keep track. It's hard to know what's going on and seeing drives and really seeing performance. So. I really like Red Zone when there's only a couple of games on. Yeah. Like, when there's three games on, you see everything you need to see. Like, if there's a crap game, that that's not going to matter in the long run, so you don't need to see it. You watch the other two good ones. Yeah, it's like you're getting knocked a box. You're just overwhelmed, and it's awesome. It's yeah. awesome. It's football crack. <laughs> yeah. And to start the day, give me that. Uh. I'll do it. Uh, you know, it's football yep. crack, and, you know, it, drugs are fun, okay? Shout out Red Zone. Uh, Brandon <laughs> Cook. So, you know, uh, the Rams just had a pitiful week last week, so I, I just feel like you have to throw it Sweep off the it table. Sweep it under the rug. And yeah. look back at the other weeks. Uh, I, I could see Brandon Cooks getting more involved. He still had nine targets week four against Tampa Bay. He had 12 targets week three against Cleveland. Uh, just looking at targets there. So um, where do you rank the three receivers, the three big receivers on the Rams in terms of like guys who you would want to have on your team or who you, more specifically who you'd want to start over the next few weeks at the very least? You got Cup, you got Cooks, and you got Robert Woods. In that uh, Cup, Woods, Cooks at this point. I, I think um, I agree with you there. Yeah. I, definitely Cup on top. Um, and then Woods has been better. Cooks is... Um, Kind of a not a boomer bus guy necessarily, but more of like a down the field guy. And golf has not been doing that lately. No. And, I, and I have high hopes for a bounce back because they have two weak opponents and then a bye. Yeah, so they can figure this shit out. Absolutely. But right now, Cooks makes me worried. And like you know, win the win your games now with smart decisions rather than hoping that you can get them in weeks eleven, twelve, and thirteen. Yeah, I mean, I'm, you may have fewer options when it comes to that. To that. I'm playing Cooks over the wide receivers on Kansas City we just talked about. Uh, absolutely. Sure. Are you? Sure. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Much higher ceiling. Well, what I don't do even you- know if you can say that Cooks has a higher ceiling right now. No, you can't. But who would you start if you had Cooks and Versus any, like Robinson, Hardman, and Pringle? Any of those wide receivers on Kansas City. Are you benching Cooks for any of them? <sighs> Boy, that would take a lot of balls. No. No. Good. No. Yeah. I, uh, I can't see a situation where I'm doing that. I can't see where it would be recommended, where I could be talked into it. Yeah. I mean, that Atlanta, uh, the game this week against Atlanta could be 50 to 45. Uh, 
you know, uh, both teams have something to prove. I don't think Atlanta's going to prove anything. I think the Rams are just going to beat them down. And I think it's going to be a combination. I think it's going to be an air attack. I think you're going to get a couple of touchdowns on the ground. I think yeah. it's going to be a great fantasy day for the Rams. I'm Big fire- time air attack. Firing up all your Rams. Let's not spoil it all. No. So I've got... Uh, I've got one more. Which right. economists say is statistically insignificant. Ooh. So through Sunday in week six, uh, I told you that there was only two, but there's really three from the column. Uh, the tight end spot. Going into Sunday, um, there was five players between 49 and 51 points on the season. It, it was crazy just how log jam they were at the top. Um, so unfortunately for that group anyways, Will Disley uh, tore his ACL. He's going to be out for the season. Um, I Unfortunately for Dynasty players, he hasn't even been IR'd yet. I hate when teams are slow to that. Yeah. Um, that really bugs me. But at the same time, it, the team has to deal with those consequences as well. So there you go. Um, so he led the pack by only a very slim margin. Now Austin Hooper is our complete leader. He is uh, he has I think sixty eight standard scoring points over Mark Andrews at fifty seven. So he has a sizable lead at this point. Um, so Hooper took advantage of a Cardinals defense that is giving up a ridiculous amount of points to opposing tight ends. How many points you may wonder? Well, last week it was sixteen to twelve, and it only got worse, I believe. So that was between first and second place. Now, uh, the Arizona Cardinals are averaging 17 points per game given up to the tight end position. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the second worst team, are averaging 11.3 points given up to the tight end position. That is an absurd gap between one and two. So if you have a guy who is starting against Arizona, then you need to start them right away. Which yes. is why we recommend that even if Evan Ingram doesn't play, you start someone like Rhett Ellison because unlike the um, Baltimore or what was it Cincinnati was the only team that couldn't take advantage of this. Uh, I believe that the New York Giants will uh, like be aware of that. I'm sure that Daniel Jones uh, is studying his tape and knows that they are weak, very weak against the tight end. Now they might change a little bit because I believe uh, uh, Patrick Peterson is back. I think he is. Not that he covers tight ends very often, but I got to think that they're just going to they're going to get an upgrade at every position because their best guy will be back and then they can drop their worst guy. Absolutely. So, you know, that's got to help at least a little bit down the line. Um so Hooper has been the top 3 a uh, top 3 tight end in 3 of the 6 weeks so far this season. Uh, and rounding out our top five was Travis Kelsey, Evan Ingram, who we've been talking about. And finally, the breakout guy on the Ravens, Mark Andrews. He's the number two tight end. Um, so are you surprised about Mark Andrews and Austin Hooper? Did you kind of suspect that some of them were coming? Or is it more that you're like disappointed in the likes of Zach Ertz, who have really uh, let people down who drafted him? I I think it's more disappointment than surprise. I didn't target tight ends too early, okay. Uh, but I understand the reasoning behind it, um, and it's still paying off this year. If you have Zach Ertz, you're happy. You're happier than as as, six, as disappointing 60, as he's been. Sixty percent of the people in your league are very very unhappy. Remember that <laughs> tight ends aren't scoring a lot of points. Yes. Period. And uh, I heard a stat today on um, the Ringer NFL. Uh, podcast or it might have been their fantasy podcast either way i recommend uh when you're done listening to this show go ahead and check out some of what the ringer has to offer anyways um they were saying that there's actually been more points scored by the top 12 tight ends this year than last year 
So even in a season where we feel it, it feels like it's been a slog, um, we're, we're getting as many points as we're supposed to get. Oh, that's good. So I think it's just more long jumped at the top. As I pointed out, like going into the week, everybody was like the same freaking score. Yeah, which is interesting. So if you got one of those guys, as you said, there was five guys there within the top two. What's what's the break between five and six? Uh, so the break after that, I don't know the stats from last week, but it probably goes to Zach Ertz after that. So Evan Ingram is at forty nine eight. He had a buy last week. Um. No, oh, no, he didn't have a bye last week. He, he had hurt. a bye the week before that. Yeah, um, he he's, hasn't had a bye yet. He's, I'm gonna I'm gonna look at the stats and the schedules before I say words from now on. I promise. Yeah, it's more fun that way. Anyways, he had no points last week because he didn't play. Yes, that's why he stayed the same. Yes, my point is that the the gap between Evan Ingram and Zach Ertz was pretty sizable, at least ten points uh, going into last week. So you're really looking at like a top tier uh, where we've never seen five guys in the tier one before. And, and I think that Austin Hooper and maybe Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews are separating themselves into a smaller tier one now. But at least going into last week, you know, through a third of the fantasy football season, you had five tight ends that were great and then a bunch of crap. Yeah. And that's why, you know, maybe we have as many points, but it doesn't feel the same because you're not getting, like, one Travis Kelsey who's blowing the roof off and everyone's like, well, if you have him, you're fine. Yeah. Um, You know, if you have Austin Hooper, you're fine because you drafted him late. Same with Mark Andrews. But if you drafted Travis Kelsey, he's not scoring the touchdowns that he had last year. He's roughly on pace for the same amount of yards. He's he's got almost 500 yards this year. He's leading tight ends in receiving yards. He just only has one touchdown. Yeah. Um, so, you know, th- those, those are our trends. Those are our, uh, our notes on the week. Let's check in with our friend. You limp into the dark woods, blood oozing from your stump leg. You've beaten Shia LaBeouf. Oh my god, I didn't see that coming. Shy surprise! Shy surprise! So, Mike, um, you need to introduce the world to the player colloquially known as the Lazard King. Colloquially? Uh, as in, in the local area of around the table we're sitting at. Yeah, I've, I've heard it elsewhere, uh, you know, shout And out. Reddit. Yes, uh, Reddit, uh, fantasy footballers. I was Did I use colloquially this, right? I... I, I in like language of ordinary or familiar conversation. I've just, Informally. I've just never heard that word before. I like using big words. What I'd like I'm you sorry. to do every morning when you get up is just give me a word of the day okay. and a definition, and I'll try to use it somewhere. What, what I would recommend as well in your regular life is when you come across a word you don't know, yes. to either ask or, or if you don't want to ask, then look asking. it up later. No, no, no. You're, <laughs> you are embodying the spirit of what I'm saying. Yes. But... It's really hard to do. Like, if you're at a party and someone's, like, you know, someone's busting out, like, uh, Xylopolis, you're like, what the fuck? I always and you just like nod to and ask. continue. No, I don't. I, I look at them I recommend to everybody, ask. Yes, ask. People love explaining things, as, as far as I've learned. I, I completely So, anyways, agree. Alan Lazard, who the fuck is he? <laughs> he, I have no idea who he was. <laughs> Until or where he came from. The, I did a deep dive into the Packers 
fucking wide receivers during the preseason. And I was like, oh, dude, we're going to see some good shit from, I don't even remember. There the was a guy name. with a goofy name, I remember. Yes, the, Jamon Moore. There was Jamon Moore. There, there was, was Jamon Moore. There was a guy who I really liked. There was another liked. guy. Um, Jake Kumaro. Well, he was out there yesterday. I know, but like, I. But, but he wasn't doing anything. No, he wasn't. Stone and Toronto hands. Allison is hurt. He's He looked like he died out there. And they just signed Ryan Grant. Yeah, cool. Who the but f- we've got Alan Lazard. We've got Alan the Lazard King. Lazard. Lazard King. Um, Lazard King. You know, he was, what I loved about him, and if you read the article I wrote uh, about two hours before we started drinking at the brewery, um, what I loved is Aaron Rodgers' confidence in him. And looking in the fourth quarter, shortly after Aaron Rodgers threw a pass off, Shepard's face mask that was intercepted. Uh, just looking at Aaron Rodgers, and that's what I love. I, I love the close-ups on people after things happen. Okay. And the emotion. and you Just, can just seeing, seeing the you face. You can see it in his face. Just like, what the actual fuck <laughs> is going on right now? Yeah. If um, his uh, helmet wasn't on, he would have stroked his mustache yeah, in he, disappointment. He, absolutely. Well, he's got the whole thing going now, and I was a little disappointed, but it made me think... As the vet he is, he knew going into picture day that this is the picture they're going to show of me <laughs> all on the long. TV all year long, and I'm going to have this ridiculous mustache. And then his wife was probably like, all right, shave the fucking mustache, and he's just got his normal stubble going now. Uh, um, anyways. This getting, has been your uh, your <laughs> quarterback the, facial. Just uh, a... <laughs> A little insight there from personal experience uh, trying to grow a mustache. Uh, <laughs> nothing like Aaron Rodgers. There are Rogers. pictures, folks. There are pictures. But back to the Lazard King, um, you know, just the confidence from Aaron Rodgers. So he threw a fade. This is their touchdown drive that they had uh, to him on second down, second and long. Uh, he was over this cornerback. He should have had it, but it got broken up. Anywho, Rodgers goes back to him on the same play for that touchdown. So the fact that Rodgers goes to this, the wide receiver, arguably six on the team, uh, with confidence, two plays in a row, and the second time on third and long. Yeah. Uh, it, it shows a little something. And then hearing his thoughts after the game that this kid's been doing it at practice all the time. He was a star in the preseason. And when they didn't sign them to the roster, Aaron Rodgers was worried that he was going to get signed by uh, another team. Uh, He wasn't. Uh, He was activated before the Bears game. He hasn't had a chance to do anything, but he's six foot five, two twenty seven. He's got good measurables. He's huge, great measurables. Um, Played at Iowa State, not a big college, but he was recruited elsewhere. Uh, oh, I bet you that's a mark against him for Glenn. Hey, you know he go, no Glenn's an Iowa fan. I don't know how he feels. He's about a resident, Iowa State. right? Right. He's a resident Iowa fan, not an Iowa State fan. No, he's not a Cyclone. No, he's not he's a, a Cyclone. Hawkeye. But Cyclones are cooler than Hawkeyes. I agree. Suck a fucking Hawkeyes. Fuck the Hawkeyes. Right? Yeah, he's not uh, here. Fuck him. But his his dad and his brother went there. Uh, that's why he ultimately chose Iowa State. Okay. Uh, over Notre Dame or Stanford. Uh, oh so, wow! So yeah. he was well recruited. For he sure. was. He was well recruited. So I did look up the. Um, so is his brother Marcel Lazard? Uh, I don't. I didn't look up brother name. It's so father, so brother. I'm like, I looked cool. for the pronunciation. Good I found genes. the 2018 uh, draft pronunciation guide has a Marcel Lazard, okay. which is L Lazard. It's Lazard? It's Lazard. All right, so there the, you go. the Lazard King. The Lazard King. 
That works. It does. It rolls off the tongue. That's nice. Okay. Uh, but, so but, is he good at Iowa State, or should he have gone to Notre Dame or Stanford? He was. I mean, he was seven receptions short of breaking the school reception uh, title and 670 yards short of breaking that record as well. So don't quote me, but it Only sounds like, like he's in like the second or third range. Who's come from Iowa State? Probably a couple good guys somewhere. Probably a couple good guys <laughs> somewhere along we, we, the line. We need Sean Fossier for this one. Uh, clearly, you know he was he started as a true freshman. He played ninety uh, percent of the games his his freshman year. Uh, I don't have stats in front of me. So so, so recently you've got um, uh, David Montgomery uh, who played in the NFL. And then, or plays now in the NFL. He was just drafted by the Bears. And then I'm looking for anyone uh, in recent times. I see a um, Jeremiah George. Oh, the great Jeremiah George. AJ Klein is a linebacker with the New Orleans Saints yeah. right now. Uh, he is currently on their team, so that's good. Uh, Alan Lazard, of course. He was on the Jaguars last year uh, or two years ago. Just cut. Yeah. You know, they didn't know what they had. They didn't. No. Find a little. Diamond in the rough. Yeah. So I, I don't know who the best player is from there, but I'm not finding it. <laughs> it's a, yeah, fair enough. But you know, but back, there's been a bunch of guys. You, Seneca Wallace. There we go. You never, you never know. That um, might be the biggest name. What I like is this week he's got a chance to prove himself. You okay. know, you've got Adams who hasn't been ruled out, but by everything I've heard from Adams and coaches, you can pretty much count him out. Uh, Allison's not going to recover in time uh, from that vicious uh, concussion. Yeah, Um, yeah, you're right. So you're going to have the same stone-handed guys out there from last week that aren't getting separation. Um, You know, and and what's Aaron Rodgers going to look to? Uh, If you could pull it up, what about the tight end numbers? How did it look with Jimmy Graham and... Uh, who's who's the other guy that seemed to be catching the ball a lot? Uh, the backup in Green Bay. Yeah, is it Mercedes Lewis? Uh, so their tight end is yeah Mercedes Lewis. Mercedes Lewis. So yep. how many Mercedes tar- Mercedes? How many targets did those guys have last week? Um, you're faster at looking I, up stats. I, I have these things open. Amazingly, I you're asking me them, and I have them open. You always it's incredible. do. Lazard, five targets. Geronimo had seven, but that's not what you're asking about. Uh, Jake Kumaro is the other. No, he's not. Mercedes Lewis had two targets, two catches, fifty yards. Okay, so there were like and his long was twenty five. Huh. Well done. Nice. He averages twenty five yards per catch. Literally, it's pretty good. And I mean it literally. But, but those, yeah, Lazard those were with, both in the third and fourth quarter. Yeah. Um, and Jimmy Graham had five targets as well. Well, Aaron Rodgers threw the ball thirty nine times. That's an awful lot. They had a lot of plays in the game. They did. It's because they kept getting flags, and instead of punting, they got first downs instead. Yeah, well, I mean, what what I'm looking to see is who's going to step up. Uh, MVS uh, really hasn't done too much. He's been very disappointing as an MVS owner. Um, I am not happy with what I've seen. He had a 46-yard catch and a 2-yard catch in last week's game. Only two targets. I don't know. I mean... MVS is the guy who we all assumed would take the place of uh, of Mr. Devontae Adams. So, I don't know. Uh, this is a tough one. I, I could see Lazard being basically featured in this next game. Who do they play this week? 
I got the schedule up. They play the Raiders. They're hosting the Raiders. Great. They're going to beat the crap out of the Raiders. I feel like they played every game at home this year. I feel like the Packers are probably... Okay, so they played in Chicago, and then five of their next six games were at home. That's what it feels like. I feel like every time I see a Packers game, it's... Well, you're not wrong. No, that's crazy. It's because teams don't want to fucking go to Lambeau in December. That's stupid, though. Well, I mean, it's not like they get a choice. Why are they scheduling it that way? I don't know that it's on purpose. You shouldn't have five of your six There, There are very few things that are done on purpose. As someone who makes schedules for fantasy leagues... Yeah, you know what's done on purpose is a fucking Patriots getting an easy-ass schedule. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there is a formula for the NFL schedule. Do you know what the formula is for what, the NFL schedule? What is it? So every team will play their division twice. They will play the same team, the team they finish in the same position as them, and their conference once. So if you're second place in the NFC North, you play second place in the NFC South, East, West. And then you play all of another uh, division in your conference and another division in the AFC. And you don't repeat any games other than your game against your opponent in the uh, your opponents in the division, yeah, and that equals sixteen games. Seems rigged for the Patriots. It's because the Patriots have destroyed their teams and their divisions so much that they get four games a year against the Dolphins and the Jets, and therefore the Patriots like are watch out are, for the Jets. Could be an eight and eight team if they were in a tough division, and then they're twelve and four. Just boom, automatically. Jets are beating the Patriots this week. I you're, wish that I could agree with you, my friend. I really do. You heard it here. But the Jets are playing the Jaguars this week. Are they? So if the Jets beat the Patriots, that would be amazing. Who's playing the Patriots? The oh, Browns. Like, oh, no. no, Yeah, the Browns. No. Yeah. Really? Oh, no, that's next week. Yeah. It is Patriots and Jets on Monday Jesus! Night Football. I what was am I right. thinking? What am I doing here? I'm like, am I on another planet? Maybe. <laughs> There's always a chance it's me that's on another planet. Jason's usually right. So the Patriots and the Jets play on Monday night this week. Yeah, that's going to be a fun Monday night game. Yeah. Uh, so anyways, we got a little sidetracked. Is there <laughs> yeah. anything else about the Lazard King, Lazard King, if you will? Uh, there's there's more in my article. Uh, yeah, make sure you go to drink5.com and check out the player profiles that Mike has. Uh, he's got Alan Lazard. He's got Dawson Knox. He's got more coming. Yeah, I just I, I like the weird guys that are are going to be available. Well, we don't leagues. need a player profile on Saquon Barkley. There's a thousand of those. I'd love to do one. Nobody writes be, about Alan Lazard. It'd be my Saquon article would be just. His thighs. His thighs. <laughs> It'd be a bunch of pictures of his trees. His thighs are the size of my torso. I would compare his thighs to different tree species. It, it'd get weird. But, no, I mean, with <laughs> with Lazard, I'm, he's a deep option. Uh, you know, if you're in a 10-team league, I'm not telling you to drop uh, Jamison Crowder or even any of those uh, poo-poo Kansas City wide receivers we talked about earlier. But pick up Alan Lazard. If you can. Yeah, if you can, if you've got that bench spot, um, who knows? If he, if he shows up this week, I think he has a chance to jump even Allison uh, when Allison comes back because he hasn't done much this year. So you got Adams. He's a stud. Uh, who's going to be that two? Who's going to be the three? Maybe it's the fucking Lazard King. So here's a fun stat. Lazard owned in 25% of, fantasy, of uh, Yahoo Leagues. Which is up 25% over the last day. Yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> Absolutely. Give him a shot. 0% owned on when on Tuesday, folks. No one 25% knew who owned. he was. His ownership has increased an infinite amount. And good for him. I, uh, oh, 
He got a chance. I think he's going to get a chance this weekend. And any time a player gets to get the chance. That was with, fun. I'm like, who the hell is fucking Lizard? Yeah. That makes no sense. I'm like, I'm going to do a player profile on the Lizard King. You're like, who is that? Uh, but, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. It could be the last time we talk about him, but hopefully not. And he could be that league winner. He might supplant Cecil Short someday. Maybe. I'm not saying it'll be anytime soon. I'm just saying you never know. Just a normal Tuesday night, normal Wednesday night. For Shia LaBeouf and Cheers. you and I, Mike. A normal Wednesday night for the Drink 5 Fantasy Finish Line podcast. So... Uh, to continue that normalness, we're going to talk about some matchups that we want to exploit in Week 7. So uh, this is mostly going to be about position groups, I think, is where I want to kind of focus this segment from now on uh, because I feel like I've been getting it wrong when it comes to the entire team. So I think I can focus in a little bit more and be a little more exact, maybe give you a good recommendation aside from guys who you nev- are going to start. Um, so this is something that we talked about a bunch earlier. We don't have to dwell on it too much unless you got some more to add. But last week, you know, we know that the Rams embarrassed themselves at home. This week, they'll be playing in Atlanta against the Falcons. So the Falcons are giving up the second most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks and wide receivers. They're second in both categories. Tenth most points to opposing tight ends. Uh, So the Rams don't, I think, have a player that's going to exploit that matchup. Sure, there's Gerald Everett, but I feel like that game was a fluke rather than um, a trend, if you will. Yeah, I agree. It's going to be the three wide receivers from the Rams. Uh, Still, if you have... yeah. Everett, and you don't have any other options. If you like G- Jason Witten or Gerald Everett, I'd go you know, Jason Witten. That's a Witten. tough one. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. You want to do a little bet? Uh, I don't want to bet on two terrible players. Want to do a pepper bet I'm on Jason Never Witten doing a pepper bet again. Gerald like, Everett? The pepper bet was a bad idea. <laughs> so. Chicken. <laughs> So this is a good matchup for Jared Goff to bounce back, hopefully with a good game plan from Sean McVay. So I do like all three of the big wide receivers from the Rams. If Gurley plays, he was out last week with a – he's been banged up, I think a quad contusion this time around. Yeah. Um, I would put Gurley back in your lineup. The Falcons gave up almost 35 points to the running back position last week to David Johnson and Chase Edmonds of the, uh, Fal- of the Cardinals. I'm getting my birds mixed up here. Yeah, too many um, birds. There's a lot of birds in the league, i got to say. Need more Cyclones to suck them up. So I'd fire up the usual suspects on the Falcons. Uh, Matt Ryan, he's been great this year. Um, They can't win anything, but who cares? We've always said that losers in real life are still winners in fantasy football. Yes. I've always said that, I swear. (laughs) Anyways... the the Rams are decent against quarterback and wide receiver. They're giving up top 10 points to running backs. So if you haven't sold Freeman yet on the strength of his last game, because you know that he's not actually good and you need to get him off your team and you need to get some value for him because he's too good to just drop, uh, you may be okay holding him one more week. Uh, hopefully he can score a touchdown and a decent amount of yards against the Rams. So you can say, hey, look, two weeks in a row, DeAndre Freeman... Devontae Freeman had uh, good numbers. You know, please take him off my hands for some player that is much more reliable. Anyways, yeah, uh, I just mean, target the guy who has bad running back depth. Freeman, if you can get a re- get rid of him, I would. Uh, coming off a twenty three point performance, he was outstanding. He looked yeah. good. 
but I just don't see it continuing. Um, it's it's tough. They got Rams this week, Seattle by New Orleans, Carolina, Tampa Bay, New Orleans. Again, New Orleans' defense has been good. Uh, I don't like Devonta Freeman. I don't like many of the Falcons outside of Hooper and Julio Jones and Matt Ryan. I agree. Those are That's, the big three or, or four. It's a chunk of Falcons. I mean, I you know – I've thrown Calvin Ridley in, especially with the bye weeks. We're losing Chris Godwin and Mike Evans this week, um, so there, you may have some. You may be in a pinch. Yeah, you might be starting Calvin Ridley. Um, yeah. So here's another place you could go if you're in a pinch. The Philadelphia Eagles are playing the Dallas Cowboys, so the Eagles are giving up huge games to opposing wide receivers left and right. Uh, the Cowboys are in desperate need of a weak opponent because they played three bad opponents and got three wins, and they played three good opponents and got three losses. So the Eagles need, or the Cowboys need to play a team that they can exploit. And I'm not saying that the Eagles are a bad team, but the Eagles are easily exploitable because they have given up double-digit points to eight wide receivers across six games this year. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot mm-hmm. of fantasy scoring against the Philadelphia Eagles. They are three points higher than the next team giving up points to opposing wideouts. They are the number one. So Amari Cooper is not likely to play this week. So it's a good time to start Michael Gallup. I believe he's probably going to be owned in most leagues. Yeah, um, he but, should be if he's not, get him. But then you've got Randall Cobb. I know, I know, that sounds scary, but Randall Cobb might actually be an okay start this week. Uh, and a guy who like is probably owned in... Point .2? Point two league amount of leagues? Tavon Austin? I don't know, that's a guess. He is owned in 1% of leagues. It's because they don't go down to decimals. <laughs> so last week, Tavon Austin had six targets and five receptions for 64 yards. And now he's going to play a team uh, who gives up the most points to opposing wideouts on a team that he plays on that has no top wideout left. Tavon Austin is seriously a legitimate like emergency start this week. So you've got Tavon Austin, you've got Randall Cobb. I would probably start Randall Cobb over him, especially in a PPR, because Randall Cobb is getting more targets at least. Um, so six targets over the last two weeks for Randall Cobb. Not a lot of yardage, but you know the, the Eagles' secondary is hot garbage. Terrible, terrible, terrible. They're so bad. And they didn't acquire any of the quarterbacks that were being fucking bandied about this week. We didn't even mention the Jalen Ramsey trade, which doesn't affect fantasy football so much. Not much. It Especially helps. because I don't even expect him to play this week he or to play gonna, very effectively. I read before I got here he's likely to play this week. Well, his, then have his, fun with Julio Jones, buddy. His back because is, that's your fucking matchup. His back is great. Magically healed. Magically healed. He's it's a shame of, for Shad Khan and the is. Jaguars. I like Gardner him. Minshew. Speaking of ma- mustaches, like incredible mustache. Maybe one of the best mustaches in the NFL. Yeah, they got to an owner. a big jacuzzi cub in the, uh, tub in the stadium. They're trying, you know, Jacksonville. I uh, would go to a Jaguars game if I was in Jacksonville. Especially if they're giving away Minshew the, the, mustaches. The big, the big thing here is that I'm sad that the good place, who always was ride or die for Blake Bortles, uh, finished this season, like filming this season, uh, before they could uh, hype on Gardner Minshew. Because you know that uh, – do you watch that show by any chance? No. So there's a character in the show from Jacksonville. Yeah. And whenever he does something particularly awesome or destructive, he just shouts out, Bortles! Yeah. 
And uh, it's it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. Bortles was such a bro. They went from Bortles and Minshew, and it's just perfect. It was for... a really sad scene, spoiler alert, oh? for The Good Place, when they had to inform Jason that Blake Bortles was traded to L.A. Oh, God. But, you know, when he finds out that Gardner Minshew is there, he's going to be so happy. He's going to be so pumped. And I think they have to make another season of Good Place just so they can include Gardner Minshew jokes. How did we get on to Jaguars? Because we were talking about... Uh, Jalen Ramsey. Yes, there we go. I was trying to find a connection. Anyways, we don't need to talk about <laughs> Jalen Ramsey either because we weren't even talking about the Rams, no. who he's now on. Because um, I'm looking at Jason But Witten. the Rams are playing the Falcons, who we did just talk about. We did. And I no. don't think that the addition of Jalen Ramsey is going to hurt the options of Austin Hooper and Julio Jones this week. No, I don't think it will. I think that it will take a few weeks for the Rams to uh, – you know, Get Ramsey in the flow of things. Now, yeah. um, if you're paying attention, it was there all the time. It was Rams in his name. Yeah. We knew where he was going. We should have seen it. We should have seen it. But what I want to know, you're you're a big Steelers fan, Mike. Yeah. And the Steelers also acquired a big piece to their secondary this Absolutely. year. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick. How is he doing so far? He's doing good. So did it take him a few weeks to sort of get incorporated in the team? No, I think he or had did he kind of jump in right away? One. Oh, that wanna, was against San Francisco, right? I want to look it up. But, yeah, I'm pretty sure he came out with a bang week one. Okay. Uh, you know, you're a defensive stud. Any scheme you go into, a lot of the schemes, it's not like everything's super unique to a team, especially at the cornerback position if you're just playing man coverage. If you're playing man coverage on the Jaguars or the Rams, it doesn't really matter. Cover Julio Jones, stick on him, figure it the fuck out. Uh, you know, Mika Fitzpatrick kind of... A little bit different, uh, different scheme, but he came out, and hopefully you're looking up stats here as I'm mumbling on. But. He definitely did have a interception in his first game against Pittsburgh. He he only had two tackles the next game, um, and he hasn't in since then uh, six tackles, five tackles, one pass defense in the uh, each of the previous two games. So I don't know anything about the um, individual uh, defensive players for fantasy. Uh, maybe I'll learn that someday. But what I do know is that Minka Fitzpatrick has been in on 100 or 99% of all the Steelers snaps. Yeah, and what I do know so is as a Steelers a fan, since he's come on, and our, our defense has been fantastic. Yeah. So, um, so it could be good. Um, what they don't give you on pro football reference is like what he holds his guy to. It's only like the positive things he does. Yeah, you hear a lot about it with the cornerbacks. You'll hear about Richard Sherman a lot. I got to think if a guy's not getting many tackles, then he's probably not. He's probably in a lockdown position where this guy isn't even getting the ball. Yep. Uh, and if he only has a few tackles, that could be a bad thing too, where they're catching the ball and just running away from him. So um, I'm giving you poor information, and I will move on. So the last good matchup I want to exploit this week is, uh, not the last one, but the last one I'm going to talk about. Minnesota Vikings are playing in Detroit. So the Lions are giving up the third most of points to opposing running backs. The Vikings are number three, are the number three offense in rushing yards this season. So uh, it's been a double-digit performance from an opposing team against the Lions every single week uh, as far as running backs go. So fire up Delvin Cook and I like Alexander Madison. Uh, he basically split carries with Cook last week, and he was more effective than Cook in terms of total yardage. Uh, so Cook was amazing early in the year, but remember, Cook really struggled in his first couple of seasons, so it's not surprising to me to see Cook uh, come down to earth so quickly and to wind up splitting so quickly. So um, 
because the Lions give up so many points to opposing running backs uh, and, and to the running game in general, and because the Vikings love to run the ball so much, they ran the ball 30, 35 times last week, um, and they were up by a lot most of the game. So that helps, but uh, because they love to run the ball so much, I think that Alexander Madison is a good start. Um, they don't throw him the ball that much, uh, but that's okay. So, you know, we, we talk standard scoring a lot. He's a great standard scoring start. That's the second time this year as well he's been in double-digit targets. Uh, I, I don't share the same confidence in you as starting Madison this week. I think Cook's a great start. He's going to continue well, to be. If you have Cooks, you start Cooks. But looking at standard scoring, Alexander Madison has scored more than six points once this year. And it was probably just last week. It was week three. Oh, it last week. Oh, he had, had 64 yards last 14 week. attempts, 63 yards, yeah. and a fumble. Oh, the fumble will take So he scored 4.3 points. It, uh, I love I love seeing targets. I love seeing carries. So because he's gotten a lot of touches, I like it. And, and it's only because of the matchup this week. How many targets did he have? It's not showing that. I'm just saying I like targets. He oh. doesn't have targets. No, he has no targets. He has it's, one target on the year yeah, for one catch. I don't like that. Um, you know, he had 14 rushing attempts for 63 yards. Good, pretty good yard per carry, absolutely. But he fumbled. He scored me 4.3 points. The week before that, he had seven rushing attempts for 52 yards. Yeah. Week before that, two rushing attempts, five yards. Um, Who's the player you wanted to take earlier against uh, Gerald Everett? Bad short-term memory. Yeah, there was a bet that uh, we could look at later. But I would take Alexander Madison in a bet if you had a, an opposing player. Oh. Aside from Dalvin Cooks. No, I'm not going to do that. Um, I'm trying to think of somebody fringe-ish that would be a fair comparison. Uh, would you do Madison versus either of the San Francisco one-two punch? Uh, well, not. so. I'm, I'm spitballing. I had a, a, a mutual friend of ours texted me today, and he wanted some advice on – a uh, trade that he was making in a league that I was not in. And just for the record, I'll give people honest advice for every league, um, regardless of whether or not I'm in it with them. But he made sure to point it out that he wasn't in the league with me. So let free with your advice, if you will. So he gave up Tyreek Hill and acquired Tevin Coleman and DJ Chark. And uh, I'm not always a fan of the two-for-ones, but I thought that that was an excellent trade on his part. Uh, I don't know. I'd rather have Tyreek Hill. I usually like the the one player in a one player for two player deal. But like if he was starving starving at running back, and so he's got Austin Eckler, who I I think, and I'm not a fan of Tevin Coleman. I think that most people would tell you to start Tevin Coleman over Austin Eckler now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I I'd agree. So uh, because he's now going to have two players in his starting lineup over one. I was like, you know what? It's probably the right trade because he's dropping like Teddy Bridgewater in a one quarterback league. So the the player that he has to drop to make room is not because th- that's usually where the rub comes from in a two for one is that well you got to drop someone um, to make room to acquire the trade. Therefore, you're still giving up more than what you thought, more than what's listed in the trade. Um, but he's dropping someone who is easily droppable. Um, so you know, uh, back to our bet. Um, we're looking at Alexander Madison, who is the RB 45 this week on fantasy pros, expert consensus rankings. 
So um, I would even give you like, um, I don't know, the 34 guy, Malcolm Brown. I'm trying to look up the Drink 5 rankings. I don't believe so. So the uh, reason why, uh, Mike, you're here uh, solo with me this week is because uh, Dave and his girlfriend Jess have gone on a wonderful vacation. I hope they're having a great time. Um, but they aren't going to podcast from a cruise because that would be an absurd thing to do. It would. So they are just hanging out, um, and they're not here. But we're, we're here doing the show. So anyways, um, I think that, you know... Um, uh, what what I would like you to consider for the bet. Please tell me. Um, you know, so I'm looking at Fantasy Pro's consensus rankings here. Uh, so we've got Alexander Madison. I just had a guy. What about Jamal Williams? Oh, so I we, really like Jamal Williams this week. Okay, so not Jamal Williams? Well, Jamal Williams is a guy who I was picking up in waivers. I was putting a lot of money on him um, because of short weeks, because I have teams with bad depth to begin with i'll yep. probably start him this week okay um some other guys rank similar right now uh we know how you, what about duke johnson i would take him against duke johnson because i think carlos hyde is the guy there and duke oh, is more of a that's who i'm thinking yeah, 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 brand. yeah um all right continuing on they've uh, got chase edmonds latavius right murray there. is right there I, I don't know if i'd take chase edmonds over mike Madison. i'm not gonna bet I'm not going to assume that the wide the running back playing against the Bears like, is going to do poorly. I like pepper because bets. that fucking burned me once. This is not going to be a pepper bet. Okay, well, looking around, we're talking about a wide receiver ranked 45 on running fantasy back. bros running back. Yeah, and um, uh, standard scoring. Yeah, 45 consensus ranking on. This is a guy you should not be starting. Is is my whole point. So I guess it's. A I hear hard, you. I hear you. It, and and I, I can see the point that um, you're not. I'm trying to find you're, you're a guy. You're taking a gamble in starting Alexander Madison. But look at Here's this. Here's a good one. Daryl Henderson. I'd bet Daryl Henderson has a better game than Madison. Sure. Okay. I would take that bet. Pepper sure. bet. We'll, no. We'll, we'll bet, like, I don't know, a bomber. How about a pepper? No. Okay. We're, we're out of peppers from the garden, Mike. I'll, I'll get There's peppers. no more peppers. I've still got peppers. No, you don't. So do I. <laughs> Cheers, bomber. The peppers are fucking endless. <laughs> So we'll do Daryl Henderson versus Alexander Madison in standard scoring. So I'm really surprised that Alexander Madison is so low. So Delvin Cook is the number one ranked wide receiver. Or you got me saying it. <laughs> running back this week. Number one on the ECR list. I don't get that. I, I got to see like. I want to see Dave's running. I don't know. I'm looking at the rest of the list and I don't know. So maybe, maybe not. Leonard Fournette is number two playing Cincinnati. Uh, they're both pretty close, pretty tight there at the top. So Delvin Cook, because of the matchup against Detroit, is up there. But Delvin Cook is a guy who's been getting the ball, who you know, who got the ball the same amount as Alexander Madison last week. And uh, Madison is 45 and the other one is one. Like, there's not that big of a gap between them. No, but I'll take Vegas. So Daryl Henderson versus Alexander Madison versus Shia LaBeouf. We win! Holy shit. You have just decapitated Shia LaBeouf. So, a little segment that Dave has brought to us lately, uh, which I found pretty fun, is uh, who to cut. 
You know, it reminds me of um, a segment they did on the score uh, on the 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 afternoon show that was a bunch of old guys and didn't really want to do fantasy football. They did a segment called cut them or drop them. <laughs> yeah, no, I love it. Um, so day, uh, Mike, um, do you have a list of guys that you want to cut? No. Okay. Uh, that's you, fine. You asked let's me to talk prepare. about I didn't. Let's um, talk about a couple of guys who were cut this week in the drink five league. Uh, guys who, you know, there's been a lot of pickups cause there was waivers this week. That's exactly what um, I did. It's beautiful. So guys who were cut, so uh, I cut Philip Rivers this week. I picked up Josh Allen because Philip Rivers is crazy. I also cut Nicole Hardman for Dee Westbrook. Ooh, all right. I, I I think that that's a decent move. Uh, someone cut your guy Joey Sly. You're a big fan of Joey Sly, but they're on by this week. They are on by, and if he's you're not in, worth holding. If you're in a week. shallow bench league, absolutely. Where I kept Joey Sly was dynasty. We have deep benches, and I still believe Joey Sly is a young guy on a. Yeah. Give me any kicker on an offense. So you Christian kept two McCaffrey. kickers in the Dynasty League? This week, yes. It I, is a deep bench. I think 22 we've got right now. And I, I dropped uh, Ty Ty Johnson. Okay. Um, so I had a little bit to spare. Uh, you know, he, I think he could be good, but I'm betting on him for an injury. So I, I dropped him. I picked up a secondary kicker. I picked up Matt Prater, who I don't think I could depend on every week. Sly's been I very like, consistent. I like Prater. Prater's good. He had two fifty plus yarders last <laughs> That's week. That's true. I'm not chasing points. He's a great kicker. He's a good long distance kicker. I don't want to get into kickers. <laughs> no, 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 I didn't mean. I just meant to mention. Yes, your guy Matt Sly, my Sly guy. They're Joey like Sly. Him. I'm keeping him. Uh, so um, obviously, we had to cut Will Disley, but you'll be happy to see that very Cavallari in our league, Matt Cochran, who writes the Survivor article, uh, picked up Dawson Knox in yeah. his place. It's amazing. I love that. So the fabulous Barkley boys, who will be on the show later this month, that's Scott and George, new to the Drink 5 family, they cut Delaney Walker. Um, Not a surprise, but they picked up Hunter Henry. Yeah, no, it's a great pickup. I'm surprised Hunter Henry was out there. I'm not paying attention to tight end in that league. Are you cutting Delaney Walker? No, I'm not cutting Delaney Walker. Okay. I feel like looking at their team, and I can name. You want to talk about guys to cut? I'll go to their team. <laughs> I, and, I I definitely am supportive of cutting Delaney Walker because now Ryan Fitzpat or Ryan Tannehill is gotta, his quarterback. We got to see what happens. I mean, Delaney Walker, where is he ranked right now? With tight you know ends? what's going to happen? Nothing to the Tennessee offense. No, it's going to be the same. Is going but to where's, where's Delaney Walker right now? Delaney Walker is on the fucking free agent list. No, He's I mean, on the waiver where, where is he ranked? Oh, in terms of like overall tight ends. Their this team year? name is very Cavallari. No, that is Matt Cochran. Is oh, very Cavallari. That's a stupid team name. What's their team name? Well, he was fabulous, Jay Cutler. Fan. Fabulous, dar- the Barkley fabulous Barkley boys. I that, believe that might they be drafted uh, him. So two, four, six, eight, ten, eleven is Delaney Walker. Yeah, no, they're actually pretty stacked. They really don't have anybody. Darren there. Fells and Greg Olson. Are both available who have scored more points on the season than Darren Walker, Darren Delaney Walker. It is almost time to end, folks. Yes. Thankfully, because I can't speak words anymore. No, that's good. So also dropped uh, by the Mojo Jojos, the local boy, is Jameis Winston. Uh, after a five-interception performance, how can you blame him? Yeah, he's droppable. He dropped Gus Edwards. Uh, a little surprising because he's a big Baltimore fan. And then we see that Chase Edmonds was dropped by our guy Sean Foss. Uh, for your guy, Daryl Henderson. 
Daryl Henderson. So I'm sure that you are putting your stamp of approval on that. I like Chase Edmonds. I do too. Um, You know, especially because would you take Chase Edmonds over Daryl Henderson? That's a close one. I wouldn't have taken the bet against Chase Edmonds, but I will take it against Daryl Henderson. Yeah, it's it's close for me because I was thinking of offering it to you. I'm like, no. Like, that's really tight against Alexander Madison. I'd take them both over Alexander Madison, without a doubt. Yeah. Uh, between the two of them, it's close. Edmonds has been good. Interesting. Well, uh, Mike, I want to thank you so much for joining us this week. Thank you for filling in for Dave. Uh, you did a great job. Next week, we'll be back with Dave. And I believe we have a guest on next week, so I don't remember off the top of my head who that's going to be. That's you Dave. guys are just going to have to tune in and find out. No, Mike, you're the guest. I'm Dave. You're Dave. Thank you, Dave, for joining me on the podcast. That was so great of you, Dave. Thank you, Jason. That was fun. So if you know the theme for this week, then... His head topples to the floor. I mean, it's pretty obvious, but go ahead and tell us what it is. No, it's not. Jason at Drink 5 or Dave at Drink 5. From Shia LaBeouf. Thank you, everyone. We will talk to you next week.